Welcome back to the Beyond Macros podcast. We are the sustainable transformation nutrition coaches, and our show will help you make your transformation that lasts with episodes about nutrition and the all-important art of inner work. Today's episode is going to be all about recovery. But first, 2018 was our first full year of the show, so I just want to take a moment to express my gratitude to all of you for listening, whether you've been with me from the start or this is your first show. I love hearing your feedback, seeing your takeaways from the show on social media, and conversing with you about the shows, especially in our new Beyond Macros community. Please keep engaging. I know I'm usually the one doing the talking, and that's why I invite you to make these episodes a two-way conversation. I also want to let you know that I have made some commitments surrounding this show. First, I am committed to making this the most entertaining fitness podcast out there. I will continue to bring you shows that focus on one topic per week, and I will seek to educate by entertaining and telling you a story. I also made the commitment to my friend David Robinson, who you'll hear from in an episode soon, that I will continue to publish at least one show every week until I hit 1,000 shows. On the path to 1,000 shows, I also plan to start recording a number of series that focus on a topic, not just shows that focus on a topic. Next up, will be a series about the art and utility of the streak. The stories in this series inspired my goal, actually, to keep that thousand podcasts weekly publishing streak going. The shows in the streak series are going to include stories from my former client, Marcus Smith, who completed 30 marathons in 30 days after being hit by a truck. And... There will be a story of a man who has the 13th longest running streak in history. At least one mile per day has been run by this man since May of 1977. And today will be the first episode in our 2018 recap series. Most of our shows get edited from one to two hour interviews down into a 20 minute episode so that it brings you exactly what you need to learn the lessons and take action. And that leaves us with a bunch of golden tape that doesn't fit the episode, but does deserve to see the light of day. And today's episode is a collection of the top recovery tips that I talked about with guests this year, with one exception. This episode, it was recorded well over a year ago, but I still find myself referring back to this quote from my episode with the sleep doc, Kirk Parsley. If we're getting the right benefit out of exercise or out of nutrition, it's happening during an anabolic process. The most anabolic part of your day, and in fact, about 80% of all anabolic behavior happens while you're sleeping. I cannot stress enough the importance of sleep, and neither can Dr. Parsley. If I could sit down with you for an hour or two hours and convince you that sleep is the most important variable in your life, that for your health, well-being, performance, emotional stability, joy, mood, sex drive, productivity, 
everything. If I could sit down and convince you that sleep is the number one thing, that uh, out of all the variables, out of all the tools you have at your disposal to improve any aspect of your life, if I could convince you that sleep is it, we're probably done, right? 95% of the time we're done. You, you will do your own research. You can do, you know, you can figure out how to sleep. And the crazy thing, I know that sleep is the most important factor for physical, mental, sexual, and emotional health. I say it all the time and it can still be hard to follow. Sleep is usually the first thing that gets sacrificed in the work-family-self-balance. I'll be honest, I'm recording this audio at midnight. Unfortunately, as Doc Parsley pointed out, that means the hard work I've been putting into my running program and to keep my brain healthy aren't being fully maximized when I let sleep suffer like this. And to really drive the point home, a 2011 study published in the Sleep Research Society's journal did a sleep extension study with 11 Stanford men's basketball players. The players slept an average of almost two extra hours per night during the study period, and this significantly improved every measure of basketball performance, from hitting almost 10% more free throws and three-point shots to improving reaction times. Even the players' moods improved. Another mind-blowing thing about how important free, and yet underutilized sleep is as a recovery tool is this. I was once a competitive CrossFit athlete, and I've coached heaps of competitors better than myself. And I know that seven hours of sleep is a good night of sleep for most of us. Unfortunately, most competitors either coach or own CrossFit gyms, which means early wake-ups to coach early classes. Or competitors have to fit three-plus hours of programming into their normal work schedule, which necessitates either very early mornings and or hitting a session after work, which affects their ability to downregulate at night. Imagine if you could get a 10% improvement in your performance just by finding a way to stay in bed a little longer. Add that to creatine and you don't have to take SARMs anymore. Semi-serious jokes aside, I can confidently say that sleep is the safest and most effective performance and health-enhancing activity on Earth. And when you strip everything back, you do have control over altering your sleep habits. If you take no other action from this episode except finding a way to improve sleep quality and quantity, I've done my job. And although I would like to end the episode at that find a way to get better sleep, I won't leave you hanging. Some of the most popular episodes this year were about ways to recover. In fact, our most popular episode was with CrossFit Games athlete Marcus Philly. And we didn't even talk much about functional bodybuilding, which he has become known for. We really spent most of the episode talking about recovery. It's sleep, it's food, it's uh you know, resting someone's mind or having like a a chance to like quiet your mind and meditate. And it's, you know, taking proper recovery days or rest days from training where your physical body isn't being, you know, exerted. It's basically taking a calm day off. Um, 
And, and those are really, I mean, outside of that, we can get into some like little specific, you know, specific things to improve that recovery. But yeah, people just need to drink more water, get a little bit more sun and sleep better and, and, and eat real food. And if that happens, like they can handle a little bit more training. I love how simple it sounds. Eat real food, sleep, get in the sun, take rest days. He doesn't even bother talking about the little specifics people might consider hacks because he knows it's important to focus on the rocks first. And Marcus put this philosophy to practice leading up to his last CrossFit Games appearance. Let's say my last big push to the CrossFit Games in 2016. Um, That summer, you know, I was... It, it, it was actually a kind of an interesting summer. I had recently sold, I'd sold my CrossFit gym that I was a part of, um, at right before regionals. And so after regionals to the games, I really only had one, you know, my one business, uh, that I was running, which was individual coaching. So I had about 50 clients that I coached around the world and I would connect with them on the internet. And aside from that, like I did a little personal training, but I was, focused on training for the games. I had three months to prepare, two and a half months, whatever. And it was literally like sleep in bed before nine o'clock, wake up at six thirty or seven, uh, you know, have a good meal, uh, connect with my clients over the internet, go do my morning training session, you know, eat again, relax, write a few programs, do my middle of the day training session, uh, after that, you know, go upstairs, throw on the Mark pro, get my, my body to, you know, move some blood around, eat again, you know, write a couple programs, go do an evening training session, eat a ton of food at home, hang out with my wife, watch simple, you know, silly shows on TV, nothing too like intense and then go to bed and just like rinse and repeat every day. And, um, I did that. Yeah. Like I said, for like two months. Um, and that was some of the best recovery and training I had done throughout the year. And two of those days a week. So seven days a week, I actually did train two days were simple aerobic, long cardio sessions that were swimming, biking, running, whatever. And that was simply to flush my body and rehab and get myself ready for the next intensity the following day. And it was just, uh, it was, you know, I had, I mean, I had the stress of being like, oh gosh, I just sold my business and I'm not sure what I'm going to do after this. But I had built up a a decent cushion for myself in terms of work, in terms of, uh, you know, weathering the next couple months of, of not having the same business income and so forth to be able to like focus on just that one part of my life. Um, and, and that was, you know, that's, that's elite level training recovery and focus on a, on a specific goal, which was the CrossFit Games 2016. I realized that this situation isn't realistic for most people to emulate. Marcus did not have the work schedule most people have while he was preparing for that CrossFit Games. But he does have that schedule now. The man is married to another one of our guests, Dr. Megan Caden, who has her own thing going. They also have a young child together, and he runs multiple growing businesses while still training like he's going to the CrossFit Games. And here is how his recovery has changed to reflect all of this. What's different now is that, you know, my mental uh, focus is 
or, you know, the, the mental energy that I expend every day is a lot higher. You know, um, I gotta be, I gotta be on point for, you know, when my baby gets up in the morning and I gotta be there for her and I gotta watch her like a hawk cause she's crawling around and getting into everything and, you know, turn your back for a second and, you know, something's going to happen. And, uh, you know, when I'm at in between training sessions, it's, uh, you know, answering a lot more emails than before, writing a lot more programs, you know, connecting with a lot more people. I'm much more active on social media, uh, supporting, you know, my coaches in, you know, meetings and whatever questions that they have. Um, and, you know, with those things, with just those two things, you know, the time, you know, to sort of be relaxed and kind of have downtime to myself, it's just about evaporated. You know, there's really no, there's no alone time anymore, certainly with the baby. Um, so, you know, my ability to kind of recover from high intensity work is diminished a bit. And so my training is less intensive, you know, and that's really where the, the rise of functional bodybuilding came from is throughout my, through my own training, I had to find a balance how could I maintain these, you know, this, uh, feeling of, uh, fitness, you know, through movement, through training, um, without, you know, taxing my brain and making me like have to basically lay on the floor for 90 minutes after a training session just to recover, um, which I don't have the opportunity to. So like, you know, if I really have a a tough training session and I'm kind of a little out of it at the end of it, well, guess what? you got to go and pick up the baby at daycare and it's like, you got to be on. So, um, I've just learned how to sort of dial back a little bit, um, so that I still have all my wits about me to, to be engaged in the things that matter a lot to me, um, outside of training. Absolutely fantastic advice all around. It's no wonder this was our most popular episode ever to continue driving the point home. Let's throw it back to our episode with my man, Luke Lehman, the muscle nerd, who coined the term least mode, which should probably be more like least mode. The problem is a lot of people don't take that least mode seriously. A lot of people will go to the gym and thrash themselves an hour a day, but they won't go get a massage and they won't um, do sauna work and they won't get body work and they won't do, there's a lot of stuff they won't do. They won't do the breathing. They won't go out and do cardio. They won't go out and do walking. They won't do any of that stuff, yet they want to bash themselves in the gym and they wonder why they're getting worse. So when you start, when you start doing things like, you know, breathing work, you're doing things that try to balance out that sympathetic and parasympathetic branches of the autonomic nervous system because beast mode is inherently sympathetic in nature. So like right now with us talking on this podcast, we both should be highly parasympathetic. We should be in a, like a lot of people call it rest and digest. I, I kind of like feed and breed. Um, and we should be in a recovery mode right now, but a lot of your clients aren't, they're sitting at their desk working, not their bioenergetics, their ability to make energy is, doesn't have a good flow. They're making energy very inefficiently and they're burning through a lot of sugar instead of burning through fat. And so when you start doing things like uh, more aerobic work, toning down some of the weightlifting, maybe doing some higher rep work outside of the lactate ranges, when you go out for long walks and meditate and things like that, it helps to balance those branches out so that you get better energy flow. Are you getting tired about hearing about the importance of recovery? Or are you getting inspired to start putting a plan in place to recover better so you can feel 
and perform better. Let's let the gold nuggets from this year's shows flow. Next up is a counterintuitive perspective from Tom Reaney of Black Flag Athletics about the biggest confusion his athletes have about recovery and what he'd rather have them doing. The one thing I don't want them to do is sit on their butts all day and watch TV and eat garbage. Um, yeah, I just want them to get out and, and do something they enjoy, whether it's getting outside and going for a walk. I, you know, I, I personally am a big fan of yoga. I think there's tremendous restorative benefits. Obviously, there's tremendous um, flexibility and mobility benefits. But that to me, there's there's tremendous mental benefits to, to it as well. I think the one thing that a lot of athletes suffer from is physically they're able to do some amazing things. But mentally, they don't have the capability to go there because they're just closed-minded when it, when it gets to that point. But, um, no, you know, for recovery, I just expect people to get out of the gym and enjoy themselves. We do offer, you know, a cardio class and some stuff like that. But, but I really encourage athletes to get out and, you know, and when I say athletes, I mean, I mean, everybody at the gym, we refer to everybody here as an athlete. Um, but yeah, so, you know, to get out of the gym, do something they enjoy, just stay active. Let's move on to a pleasure-inducing recovery modality brought to you by Amy Pemensky, the spiritual nutritionist. What the mindful eating does is it helps us to get out of fight or flight mode, get into rest and digest mode. It also helps us to tune into how hungry and how full we are instead of just finishing our plate or eating because there's a certain amount of food that we're supposed to eat. It really helps us to check in with the most intelligent tool that we have is our, is our body and knows, knows most of the answers. So, um, mindful eating is basically paying attention when you eat. And what that looks like is starting to get out of fight or flight into rest and digest by just simply taking three belly breaths. So we just take a nice inhale in and fill up the belly and an exhale out. And if you do that three times, you're going to be a lot more present with what's going on in your body instead of thinking about what you just did before you ate and what you're doing after you eat. So it involves getting present. And then after that, it really involves using all of your senses for eating. So you're going to really look at the colors of the food and you're going to smell your food. If it's hot food, it's easier to do. And you're going to really, when you're eating, enjoy the flavors of the food. A lot of people end up overeating or having cravings later on because they're not actually getting pleasure from food. And as humans, we need pleasure. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, sleep is the most important recovery tool you have. So let's bookend the episode with Beyond Macro's Coach Ray Scott's realizations about the importance of a nighttime routine for improving sleep quality. I've always been a good sleeper, but the fact that I wasn't getting, I think, restful sleep, um, you know, again, incorporating the supplements, but also just making sure I had a good routine pre-bed, not just, you know, checking Instagram, checking Facebook and falling asleep. Like I would try and ease my mind, do some meditation, do some stretching to get myself to, you know, kind of turn off my mind and be able to have a more sound sleep and, you know, actually track my sleep with my, with my whoop and my deep sleep kind of enhanced a little bit more. I went from not having as much deep sleep to having more deep sleep and feeling rested, waking up. I started waking up, you know, 6am and just kind of feeling ready to take on the day and never really hitting those those slopes. And that made a huge change on just, you know, my body overall and just the way I felt. I think you have a great starting point for getting your recovery on point. It starts with sleep at the foundation. And again, nothing else matters as much as sleep. 
get a good pre-bed routine, and find a way to get more sleep at night. Remember, ultimately, you're the one in control of when you go to sleep unless you have a young baby child. After that, the other most effective recovery options are dead simple and free. Start taking your lease mode seriously. But as Tom Reaney said, don't just sit on the couch with bad posture watching TV. Take a walk outside in the sun. Eat some real food. And damn it, have a foodgasm or two instead of eating lunch like Kobayashi so that you can get back to work. The last action I'll give you in this episode involves nutrition. We are a nutrition coaching company after all. So if you'd like to get started by properly fueling yourself while also getting leaner, you can start with our free calorie and macro calculator worksheet at beyondmacros.com slash worksheet. When you download the worksheet, you'll also get some of our top recipes, suggestions for starting your nutrition journey, and an invitation to join our free invitation-only community for even more support on your journey. And if you want top-shelf nutrition coaching from amazing coaches like Ray Scott, who you just heard from, our premium online coaching program is filling up fast. So head over to beyondmacros.com coaching to learn more and set up your initial call with me before the wait list returns. If you want to listen to the full episodes from the shows that I referenced today, they will be linked up in the show notes at beyondmacros.com slash 59. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, let's make this a two-way conversation. Reach out to us or tag us on social media with your thoughts about the show. I'm grateful for you. I look forward to hearing from you. And I also look forward to seeing you again next week. Much love, Beyond Macronians. <laughs>